Summer is almost here. Don't you want to go to the beach with thicker, gorgeous, beautiful locks and everyone goes, hey, I love your hair. And you go, Nutrafol, baby. (laughs) You know, something along that lines. Well, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. I recommend it. I've been taking Nutrafol for years. It's how I got my hair back thicker and not falling out in chunks after I had KJ. Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years, and that's because you all continue to buy, and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code TSFS. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code TSFS. Via Hemp, let's talk about it. Via Hemp offers THC and non-TH craft cannabis experiences. Now, I love a non-THC option when it comes to your overall wellness. I'm talking sleep aid, maybe anxiety if you have that. Well, that's where Via comes into play. And did you know even a non-THC option if you're doing fertility or IVF can be helpful? Look into that. Well, Via is incredible. You got to be 21 plus. You can get 15% off with my exclusive code TSFS when you go to ViaHemp, V-I-I-A, hemp.com. They have all kinds of lifestyle products. And like I said, the best part is with the THC or without, so you don't have the buzzy buzzy. Don't you love my cannabis lingo? I mean, the buzzy buzzy. Anyway, I'm unique. What can I I say, look, order now. You're going to love Via Hemp. Use the code TSFS to receive 15% off and a one-time free sample of their award-winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com and use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show. Tell them I sent you and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp. Do you enjoy playing relaxing puzzle games on your phone? I do. It's even better when they're free and you can collect prizes along the way. Welcome to Two Dots. I have been playing Two Dots to relax my mind, unwind, and there's something very methodical about it. The premise of the game is you connect dots horizontally, vertically, but never diagonally. And you head from level to level. And as I mentioned, you do collect points along the way if you are into that. More than 5,000 puzzles to keep you engaged and relaxed after a very long day, uniquely designed challenges challenges, game modes, and levels to choose from based on what adventure you are into. And by the way, you can download it for free right now on your Android phone or iOS. I also like the color template of this game. It's very, it's giving me very like pastel-y vibes. So yeah, I think you're going to enjoy it too. If you are ready to kick back and unwind, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS and start connecting. Okay, Phrygiacs, how am I doing as a volunteer mama at KJ School? All right, we're going to get into it. Um, brand new episode of the Sarah Fraser Show. You know what? It always uh, occurs to me, too. So I thought I'd reset for a second. I'm getting a lot of new amazing listeners. Thank you guys so much for being here and subscribing to the Sarah Fraser Show. You know, I put out brand new episodes seven days a week. Um, but for those of you who are new to the show, a lot of people are like, okay, well, what's your background, Sarah? Like, who are you? You know, how did you become kind of an expert in talking to celebrities and 
reality TV. So the really quick intro for those of you who are new here is I have been basically in the entertainment business since like 2005. But in 2007, you know, my career was really put on the map by being a morning radio host in Washington, D.C. on Hot 99.5's The Kane Show. So The Kane Show was a top 40 morning show. It ended up, you know, myself, there were um, three other guys on the show. And I was there for six years. Within a year of being on the show, it had gone to number one, and we were syndicated in multiple markets across the country. So if you, a lot of times people will go, oh my God, I lived in Tampa, Florida. Your name sounds familiar. We were syndicated on FLZ in Tampa and Louisville, Kentucky and Baltimore, Maryland and Cincinnati and Memphis and Sirius XM. So that was how I really got my name. And then um, I had my own morning show in Washington, D.C. called Sarah, Ty, and Mel with Mel and Ty. And Mel was on the Kane show with me. Um, And from there, I ended up getting a job, you know, while I was in radio on Fox 5 D.C. And they've given me a chance to do stories and podcasts and red carpet events. So that's how I really became an expert on celebrity. And I launched my Sarah Fraser Show podcast in 2016. The show's seven years old, which is like crazy, headed to eight. But anyway, um, I started my podcast. I've always been a woman that has bet on myself, even though it's been very difficult at times. But I really knew in 2015 when I left radio that podcasting was going to take over for radio and it really was the kiss of death to morning shows and when I did that you know I would get messages from people I had worked with that were like you're crazy you launching your own podcast in 2016 this is not a good look for you this is the kiss of death and of course all those people today now have podcasts um and I know they were doing it because they were worried about me. I, I'd had a really big career in radio. I'd had, you know, over the years, offers to continue to do radio. And I always turned them down. I just wasn't interested because I just felt like it was outdated. And, you know, my industry in the radio business, lots of times you were working for 70-year-old men. No, I love a man. Honey, I love me some D, Okay. Straight through and through. I love a man, especially an older rich one. But it just became so obvious. They didn't know the trends. They didn't know what women wanted. And they weren't interested in learning. And they weren't interested in hearing my opinion or others I worked with. They were interested in you implementing their music strategy. So I'm so glad I did. The first couple of years of the show were very hard because advertisers were not interested in podcasts. But I've stuck with it to the point that it is a legacy show, which means that it's over five years old. And here I am. And uh, I talk about my family a lot. I talk a lot about my personal life. I did that on The Kane Show. And that's how people have stuck with me ever since. My husband's name is Dan in real life, but we call him Schman on the show because um, he came to me a couple of years ago and he was like, I don't know, we were, he's always been a subject, but he was like, I don't want to be talked about on the radio and I'm like or the podcast and I'm like well it's a little late and so a listener wrote in and goes why don't you just give him the identity schman and so no one will know who Dan really is and I'm like oh genius so anyway it's stuck and we've called him schman we have a two and a half year old son we moved from Washington DC to Los Angeles about a year and a half ago and I want to take my career to the next level pitching tv shows wanting to be on a national TV show. I'm actually going to be um, 
on more of Lifetime Married at First Sight, their shows. So I will tell you about that coming up in the fall. So it's really been a good move for our family. That's a little about me. If you want to know more, just DM me at the Sarah Fraser Show on Instagram. But, you know, I'm setting the scene. A lot to get to today. I volunteered last week at KJ's school. Am I leaving this podcast to just become a full-time daycare center owner and preschool teacher? I, I don't even have to make you wait for that one, okay? It's a no. It's a no. <laughs> I mean, I volunteered, but oh my God. I, I have some observations, though, when you volunteer at your child's school. So I'll get into that. Also, what I'm watching on television, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Is anybody watching this new Tyson Fury show called Home with the Furies on Netflix? I am. I'm a big fan. I'll get into that. There's also a documentary out about Britney Spears I want to talk about. I'm so annoyed. I've been shouting from the rooftops, I feel like, about this forever. I know you guys are probably getting sick of my Britney Spears rant, but I'll tell you if it's worth watching this new documentary. And also, can we talk about the ridiculousness of a giant Loch Ness monster excursion that happened this past weekend? Like, the Loch Ness monster does not exist, okay? It doesn't. Ugh, so fired up. Uh, All right, let's talk about first my volunteering at school. So I don't know if you remember several months ago, KJ started a little preschool and he has this amazing little nanny who I love, uh, who takes such good care of him. So we sort of split time because the nanny, we co-share with another family, right? Great way to make it affordable, P.S. If you're looking for ways to save money, find a nanny that you can co-share with another family. She takes another little boy part of the week. Sometimes they overlap. She takes him with KJ. KJ has a playmate. She's like making more money. We're making, you know, we're saving some money. It's It works out really well. So KJ started this school several months ago. He really likes it. But one of the requirements, which I found to be odd, however, I put it out here and everyone was like, oh yeah, bitch, we have to do that too, is they had a, they have a requirement that every family volunteers 20 hours every year or you have to pay like an hourly fee, I don't know what it is, maybe $15 an hour times 20, because you did not do your community service. I'm like, what in the what? Aren't I paying you to watch my son? Like, what in the world? Like, now I got to do community service? I was like, believe me, I was hot under the collar, y'all. All right? But then I calmed down a little bit. And I realized, all right, well, you know what? Maybe this is a good opportunity to see how the school is operating. So I went in last week and I thought, I'm going to wow. And everybody there, they call the, um, the, they're not really teachers. They're aunties and uncles. So I thought, mm-hmm, aunties and uncles are going to be wowed by the Sarah Fraser show. All right, I'm bringing all of it. So I made some homemade banana bread. I rolled in there with a thing of, I had never gotten one of those, you know, big boxes of coffee from um, Starbucks. I had no idea. It's called the Traveler. I know what you're thinking. Like, bitch, have you not hosted any fucking like event for your work? You've never gotten a Traveler? I have never gotten the Traveler. But I got the damn traveler. I ordered that from the nicest little Starbucks here in LA. I waltzed in there and I was like, all right, everybody, like, what can I do? Here's banana bread, no nuts. Uh, And they were like, (laughs) they were like, 
just come and like hang out and monitor the kids. I'm like, all right, sounds good to me. So we had playtime. We went outside. Uh, we have circle time where they sit around and sing and read a book. Thank God they didn't ask me to do that. But it's so fun. It was actually great because I really observed several things. Um, and, you know, one of the things I observed, like, you know, KJ's in speech ser- therapy, which I'm so grateful about. But do you ever think like, oh, do you ever worry like, oh, maybe my child's behind or oh, is he going to catch up? And then you go and you socialize with a bunch of other kids and you're like, oh, it's all going to be fine. Like, why did I even get him any speech therapy? <laughs> because half of the kids in his class for two and a half year olds, they also didn't even speak. Now, look, I am not going to go in on like my favorites or least favorites of two and a half year olds. I think these children are children. Like, I'm going to let them child. You know, I'm not going to be here, you know, like everybody coming for Blue Ivy on tour with their mom, Beyonce, <laughs> and Blue Ivy's dance moves. It's not going to go down like that. But, you know, I'm just going to say I was, number one observation, I was reassured. Do you ever have that happen with you in your kid's circle? Number two, at the same time that I was reassured, and I'm sure maybe it was, look at me making excuses. Maybe it's just because I was there. But KJ was circle time. Like they had to keep asking KJ to sit down. Like KJ was up clapping his hands. I mean, the the dude was like a preacher really at this circle time. He was preaching. He was going around to the other kids. They're like, KJ, KJ, take your seat. Like sit on one of your flowers. I'm like, oh my God, of course I have the kid that doesn't want to sit still. Um, And then third, I, I have to say it's to me, I feel like it's such a calling when you can work with children. So anybody who listens to my podcast that teaches or works with kids, like God bless you. You you really have something because kids really gravitate to adults, I feel like, that kind of have that magic with children, that have that knack. And Auntie Joyce, there were just some some of the aunties that the kids really liked. And that made me feel good because I think I think kids have a little intuition. And so they really know who's good to them and know who's kind and they really kind of gravitated towards some of the the aunties and uncles and it was great to see some of those people really so good at what they do so there it is um they've asked me back for this week this week though kj like hung on me the entire time i couldn't really get anything done i had to play with kj the entire time maybe that's the point of volunteering at the kids school like you spend one-on-one time with your child i don't know but i thought to myself i'm not getting anything done here so this week i'm gonna go do yard work (laughs) I'll video it. I'll video. I don't know. They get a bunch of like leaves and stuff that need to be swept up. I'm like, does does anyone do your yard work? They were like, no, that'd be so helpful. I'm like, all right, you know what? I brought you coffee last week, but this week I'm going to bring you a rake. How about that? <laughs> so there you have it. A uh, couple of things. Boston Hernia. BostonHernia.com uh, slash TSFS is the website. If you or someone you know has a hernia, you need to call them. Guys, they're the best hernia doctors in the country. They're in the top 10 of all top hernia doctors. Dr. Reinhorn, Dr. Fullington. Tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you. Actually, the next person that makes an appointment, we are giving a $100 Visa gift card to. And that appointment, you don't actually have to go and have your surgery with them. It can be a telehealth or it can be that you're making a consultation or you've booked your surgery. Once you do that, the Sarah Fraser Show at gmail.com. BostonHernia.com slash TSFS. And actually, today at the end of this podcast 
Dr. Reinhorn and Dr. Fullington are going to join the pod very quickly to give you the three things that you need to know, the three major things you should know before having hernia surgery. So if you know somebody that's having hernia surgery, and, and it impacts young people, we think like, oh, my dad had a hernia. Well, more and more people in their 30s are getting hernias, men, and even women, because they can happen from childbirth. So at the end of this pod, they'll jump on and have a lot of details. Okay. Um, some television that I'm watching. I'm going to beat a dead horse here because you guys are all going to be like, oh, you and Britney Spears. TMZ has just come out with a horrible documentary called uh, Britney Spears, Despair and Divorce. It's on Netflix. Have you guys watched? And, and let me, Divorce and Despair, okay? TMZ investigates. Let me just say this. I watched this over the weekend. I called this again, you know, a long time ago. I just feel like the Free Britney movement was a bunch of people who really didn't have any clue what was going on with Britney or her mental health. And although I don't blame them entirely because I do think that the conservatorship she was in, she was being taken advantage of. It certainly seems that way. Um, Do you hear that? That is the sound of the brand new and delicious You Natural conception for her in their juicy strawberry gummy flavor. Oh my, this is now my favorite thing to take. It's a fertility aid. If you haven't heard about them, they are unbelievable with thousands of five-star reviews on Amazon. Go and read them for yourself. And they're famous for their conception for her and conception for him formula, which Schman, my hubby, has been taking for over a month because it takes two to tango. Conception for her fertility aid is a well-researched baby. They have ingredients like ashkawanda, zinc, magnesium that can help you on that journey to have a healthy baby. So what are you waiting for? Go and order now. You're going to love it, and I want to hear from you. Check out You Natural on Amazon and use code FRASER20 for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle. That's EU Natural on Amazon, or follow the link on our website for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle with the promo code Frasier 20. That's F R A S E R. The number's two zero. Hero Breads. Oh my gosh. Chef's kiss. Do you love carbs? I'm obsessed. Give me a croissant. Give me a tortilla, baby, every day, slathered with some hummus. Yes, please. And then a lot of veggies, a little turkey burger in it. Okay. Um, that's my own proprietary sandwich. Thanks. <laughs> Hero Breads right now offering 10% off. Go to hero.com. Co. Enter the promo code TSFS. You are getting 10% off. Now, Hero Bread is so delicious and flavorful, soft, fluffy. In fact, so fluffy that KJ loves it, slathered with butter and cinnamon every day. They're known for their products to have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero sugar, and high in fiber. So what are you waiting for? Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code TSFS at checkout. That's TSFS at H-E-R-O dot C-O. In the sense of like, I, you know, they were obviously tons of lawyers were on the take. Jamie Spears was making a lot of money. Everybody was making a lot of money. And she didn't appear to have a lot of say over her work schedule, which didn't seem fair. Okay. So the conservatorship definitely needed editing, if you will. But now I just, I find it to be so sad. And I I just feel like media outlets, people are never going to leave her alone ever, ever, ever. Now we have this TMZ investigates, I watched it. 
y'all, it was wild. This documentary has gone from, there were documentaries about Free Britney, painting her as a victim, how she needed to be free. You guys, this this goes to show you how insane the media can be at times, okay? Not always. There's a lot of good journalists out there, especially the entertainment media, because they don't really fact check anymore. Now they're painting her as a as an unstable, knife-loving uh, abuser of Sam Ashgar, who's the soon-to-be ex-husband. Uh, and Britney is now going back down the spiral of, you know, anything could happen. We could get this devastating phone call. Britney's not all right. Stay away. She's crazy. Can we just take a minute? Like, I, I, where is the heat? Where is the energy we had for free Britney against like this TMZ despair and divorce? Divorce and despair, whatever. My dyslexia is like on fire. Um, Hello, I'm waiting. I mean, this documentary is so, it paints her so bad now. That's so, and in fact, one of the lines that like shook me, it like took me out. They, they, so Harvey Levin, who I've met by the way in real life, who's actually super talented and I really enjoy. Um, Harvey Levin goes, you know, because all these videos on Britney's Instagram are of her dancing. Harvey says, quote, dancing at home alone is the centerpiece of Britney's life. They claim in this documentary that the centerpiece of her life is getting up every day and doing these dance videos on Instagram. How do they know this? I hate this documentary because it lays out what's happened post-conservatorship, which is not very good. They paint, you know, that she's been physically abusive to Sam Ashgar, that she has apparently had an affair with somebody on her team, like her staff, and... um, he caught Britney sending like a nude video of herself to the guy. Um, and, you know, it paints her as this knife loving, um, unstable, just individual who, you know, anything could happen to now. Apparently does, is having a texting relationship with at least one of her sons who's moved to Hawaii. But, you know, everything else in her life is a mess. The family's pretty estranged from her, obviously, because she's gone on social media. They don't address, which I thought was interesting, they don't address if she's talking to her mom and her sister again because she certainly implied that earlier on in this this year that they had all kind of reconciled. Now, maybe they have, but they're not even bothering to intervene. I mean, the other big revelation in this is that Sam had organized an intervention, which was going to include family members earlier this year, and then it never went and happened. So they don't know exactly why. Um, but I think just seeing her now painted as a predator is in a way of this like violent, can't be trusted, apparently drives around the Hollywood Hills in her car by herself because she loves to drive. She'll pull over to like, uh, you know, an overpass, sit there for a long time, go, you know, do a video. I'm like, oh my, it's just, it's, And I know, I know, you know, part of it is like if she's putting herself up, if she's putting these videos up, whatever her mental state is, it just continues to create chatter. But again, I don't know where, I'd love to know where the Free Britney movement is. I'd love to know if people that were major contributors to that are regretting it because it certainly doesn't sound good. And it doesn't sound like the outcome. She's not taking her medication. And also how TMZ knows all this, I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. Is it Sam feeding them this? Is it 
somebody that works for her? Is it this group of guys that she apparently had a divorce party with that no one knows who they are? I don't know. I have no idea. That's just my opinion. That's not fact. But if you're a diehard Britney fan, I'm sure you'll be streaming it. I... I don't know why. And it's weird because I was never a huge Britney Spears fan, but this seems to be a theme in my life. I was never a huge Taylor Swift fan, but then I go to Taylor Swift. Never a huge Britney fan, but yet I follow all the Britney stuff. So I guess it's some nostalgia from my like teenage years because she was so big and she was such a huge artist and she's so talented, but her mental health is, it's so bad. And seeing it play out, I think, and no one being able to do anything about it is just so troubling and I'm like oh I want this outcome to be such a positive one and will we learn you know will anybody learn from this and and how does this impact other people that are in conservatorships I don't know you know I mean maybe it was good that that conservatorship ended but you watch this documentary I don't think you're gonna think that the other show I'm like oddly addicted to is anybody watching um the new Tyson Fury show I didn't even know who Tyson Fury was or or cared but then it popped up on my Instagram, like, for you, and I started watching, and I'm completely addicted. Tyson Fury is a famous boxer, um, boxed here in the United States, heavyweight boxer. I mean, the dude must be, like, huge, I guess, in real life. Never cared. Never, never, like, watched. He's a British professional boxer, by the way. And one of the shocking things you learn on the show is he's only 35 years old. Sweetheart, this man who is, uh, has heavyweight titles from 2015 to 2016, just a few. He has more than that. Um, he's now retired now in 2023. Is only 35 years old. What in the way? Okay. I mean, he looks 50 if he is a day, sweetie. Uh, Fury became the third heavyweight after Floyd Patterson and Muhammad Ali to hold the Ring Magazine title twice. Is widely considered by media outlets to be the lineal heavyweight champion. <clears throat> and as of December of 2022, Fury is ranked as the world's best active heavyweight by Box Rec and ESPN. So it follows their life in Britain. And he's also known as the Gypsy King. That's like his nickname. Um, and... You know, because he basically grew up as, like, Irish traveler parents. Um, and, I mean, he kind of has this, like, amazing story. When he was born, he was, like, premature. He weighed, like, one pound. Um, and then his dad actually named him after the boxer Mike Tyson. So that's how he has the name Tyson. He goes on to fulfill that name. I mean, is that not wild? So it taught, it shows their life in the British countryside, which, by the way, is, like, stunning and gorgeous. But it's so interesting to see – I'm not usually – isn't this awful? This is so judgmental. I don't know about you guys. I'm not really usually into British shows. I'm, I'm not. I don't know. I know. I'm sorry. I don't know if it's the accent or the lack of, like, I just don't care. I don't know. I know that's so judgy. But, like, I mean, if you showed me – I'm obsessed with, like, Persian shows. I just, I don't know, the English don't do it for me. I feel like they're boring. I just do. But this show is oddly fascinating. Following his life, he's like seven kids and his wife, Paris, and um, they left the kids curse. So you're watching this show and there's like a seven-year-old and he's like, oh, dad, fuck off. And you're like, what? Because there, they don't consider cursing and like words like cunt, like a bad thing. So it's like, oh, you bloody cunts. And it's coming out of a five-year-old's mouth. 
I got to, I got to, I got to clean my bloody fucking room again. Yeah, you do. Oh my god, what is this? I mean, it is. It's funny that I think the the English are like uptight. Like Americans, <laughs> we're the ones that like when you hear a kid cursing. It's so odd. I'm watching this show. And it's funny, they're like uber rich, but it's not rich like America there. They have this really nice like brick home. It's right like near the water in some Wilstershire. Because, you know, every place in England is like, you know, Wiltonshire and Londonshire and, you know, all this. And they like drive around a Volkswagen. It's just so, it's so different like American you know, we're so used to seeing the Kardashians, right? It's this fleet of Rolls Royce SUVs and all this stuff. And they're like less flashy there. I feel like they get in their Volkswagen van. They take the kids to school. I mean, they're clearly wealthy. Like Paris, the mom, is wearing, you know, Gucci and designer and all that stuff. And the kids are like all dressed up. But they just, it's not as, um, I don't know, it looks pretty obtainable. It kind of looks like, uh, I don't know, Like it kind of looks like they live in a suburb of, like Arlington, Virginia or something. I love A-Town. Anyhow, I'm watching. Is anybody else watching? I'm very fascinated by this show. Uh, the other thing, oh my gosh. Okay, we have to hit three things really quick. First, can I shout out my friend Esther and Maxwell who got married this past weekend in Maryland. I love you, Esther. I wish I could have been there. Obviously, it's been a difficult summer for our family. But Esther, for you guys that don't know, my dear friend, I've been friends with her since 2009. She was actually one of our interns on The Kane Show. And I became such good friends with this woman and like ride or die. She was an intern. She was actually an intern in high school. She was like 17. She went to the field school in D.C., which for people that don't know, it's just it's a it's a really great school where they it's almost like a Montessori high school. They really let you have a lot of freedom and you learn about career. And one of the things you have to do is like go out and get an internship during your during your high school year. And you have to like report about it and write about it. So the girl was persistent and got an internship with us. And I'll tell you, she was the greatest intern ever because we had one of those giant snowstorms in D.C. And Esther made her dad, Michael, in the snowstorm. Everybody else, by the way, had canceled. I think they'd even put us up. The radio station had put us up in hotels. None of the interns were coming in. Forget it. They weren't coming in for days. Esther, that queen, we got texts from her the night before. She was like, what's your coffee order? She made her dad like in a blizzard. The dude must have had his hazards on. They must have left like two hours before. He drove her to that internship and she was there that day. And we fell in love with her. She was one of the greatest interns. She's a great friend. I was lucky enough to go to her bachelorette party that I I did a podcast about earlier this spring. And she couldn't be a more amazing person. And her new husband is so wonderful as well. So congratulations to Esther and Maxwell. And love you lots. Everybody listening does too. Um, God, the other thing. This week, I was so triggered by a post about the Princess Diana beanie baby. This sent me flying, okay? Uh, you know, people are still selling There are very few, though, by the way. Princess Diana, Beanie Baby, if you don't remember what it looked like, it was so hot in the late 90s, was a purple Beanie Baby with a, like, a rose on its heart, right? A white rose. And 
come to find out a couple years ago, if you had one of the very limited edition ones, so it was like it was, they were numbered. Maybe it was the first 100. They were worth like $60,000 at one point. So somebody sent me this weekend. They were like, because I had a Princess Diana. I'm sure I had one of the $60,000 ones, 100%. They sent me the meme that's just like, hey, if you have one of these Princess Diana Beanie Babies, now's the tri- time to trade it in for a new home. And it's, I was so triggered. I was so triggered. Because my mom, and this was so noble. This is so my mom. But I guarantee you my mom like gave them like a $90,000 Beanie Baby. Back in the 90s, I probably had 60 Beanie Babies, like all of them. And in Waterville, Maine, you know, I grew up in Maine, someone's house burned down this family, you know, and they had kids like our age, like it really resonated with my mom. Thank God, like everybody in the family lived, but everything they owned was like burnt to the ground. So my mom gets the idea in her head, how? To drive them up to Waterville, 60 Beanie Babies to make them feel better. Now, why in the fuck she didn't think, I don't know, maybe they needed underwear, socks, (laughs) A pillow might have been more helpful. She drops off 60 Beanie Babies. They probably left. And, you know, I mean, you think your house is burnt down. You'd be grateful to see anybody or get anything, right? They probably, she probably pulled out of there and they probably were like, fuck. Why'd we let the news come here? We don't need this shit. We need a toothbrush. She gives them those Beanie Babies. And I'll tell you what. I, I... I think that she probably gave them the one worth $90,000. It upsets me to this day. (sighs) Okay, I'm not bitter, right? But anyhow, people did write me after I posted that on my Instagram and they said, don't worry. It's so few of them that are actually worth a lot of money, but you should check if you have one. They're like the only Beanie Baby worth anything. I think there is one other Beanie Baby that's worth like, Want your life back? Order Hungry Root. It's actually as simple as that. Truly, Hungry Root is the best meal kit service I have ever worked with because they have meals that take 12 minutes. Guys, if you are a busy mom like I am, KJ now just started swim lessons. And on the night that he has swim lessons, we're not home until six. I'm trying to make dinner, trying to get him rested and down for bedtime. When I see that number 12, and I know in 12 minutes I can have a healthy meal, I'm turned on. All right? (laughs) You will be too. Hungry Roots website, so easy to use as well. You just go, you can type in a type of cuisine or if you like chicken, or you can do preset where you tell them you're vegetarian, keto, or you're a meat lover. Right now, get 40% off. My listeners are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS and get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash TSFS. Don't forget to use my link so they know who sent you and get 40% off right now and free veggies for life. 10 years ago, I lost 60 pounds mindful eating, and today I have kept the weight off. I never think about food. I never count calories. Honey, I don't even use one of those darn trackers or apps. I live with food freedom, and I want that for you if you are ready and you want it. And that's where My Optimal Body comes into play. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment, and be sure to let them know that the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment plus a bonus free 30-day supply 
of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. That is myoptimalbody.com to request an appointment. Why I wanted to partner with Dr. Applin is because he is a doctor that gets to the cellular and gut reason of why you can't lose weight and keep it off. They also work with your mental capacity as well. So many of us are emotional eaters. They address that and their clients see long-term success. If you are ready to lose weight, keep it off, and you don't want to do crazy Ozempic, myoptimalbody.com and tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you. How ironic. I love this. Got a new podcast for you to listen to. Yes, I do. It's the Dr. John Delani Show. Schman and I were actually playing a clip from Dr. John's podcast because he was doing the topic of our youth travel sports ruining families. Well, Dr. John Delani has over 20 years of sitting with families and dealing with hurting people and mental health issues. He has a PhD in counseling. Delani walks alongside real people as they navigate tough decisions. And this is actually something that I really enjoy about his show. It's caller driven. I feel like I'm going to have to get a collar-driven show, Dr. John. I love this. Anyway, listen to the Dr. John Delani Show wherever you get your podcast, or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast episode. I always make it very, very easy to find my sponsors and people that I partner with. So start downloading and listening today to the Dr. John Delani Podcast. Enjoy. A couple thousand dollars, but... Anyhow, um, lastly, the biggest waste of time this week goes to uh, the search for the Loch Ness Monster this past weekend. What a joke. Are you kidding me? This is another thing. I've been to Area 51. There wasn't a dingle dangle little green thing there or a spaceship or anything else. Would I love to believe in aliens? 100%. But until one is at my damn doorstep knocking, looking for a glass of wine, I don't believe it for one effing second. Okay. And now, over the weekend uh, in Scotland, the Loch Ness, the famous supposedly Loch Ness. And by the way, I had kind of forgot this, but do you remember the famous image that appeared of a mythical creature? You can Google it. It's a black and white photo that appears to be like um, the Loch Ness monster, like, like some sort of head coming out. Well, you know, years ago, that was proven to be completely fake. It was literally, it literally is fake. It was actually like a dummy used, a doll, um, and it was never, it was a complete hoax. So now, for whatever reason, I don't even know why they're still looking. They had a huge group of people looking for the Loch Ness Monster this past weekend. What a waste of time and money. The most famous picture of Nessie, the 1934 photo, black and white photo, showed a head on a long neck emerging from the water. But 60 years later, it's revealed to have been a hoax that used a sea monster model attached to a toy submarine. Countless unsuccessful attempts to track down the monster, yeah, because it doesn't exist, have been made in the years since, but this is the largest one. They're, they've had volunteers from all over the world. U.S. volunteer Caroline McNamara's interest in Nessie began when she was at school. Um, and she said she wrote a paper about it. So far, Nessie enthusiasts over the weekend, aside from some echoing sounds, have not spotted the monster. They're not going to. I've got news for you. Newsflash. I can tell you how this story ends. You're not finding them. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I'm not like, I don't mean to like end the show on a Debbie Downer note, but there it is. All right. Uh, We have a lot to get to this week on the podcast. Um, Yesterday, by the way, if you missed it, I 
I'm dropping two episodes on Mondays while Sister Wives, the new season, is out. So a Sister Wives recap dropped yesterday on the Sarah Fraser Show. Be sure to catch it if you love that show. And also my longtime mindful eating therapist was on to talk about Ozempic. Where does this leave mindful eating, which has been such a, a powerful um, discussion and powerful therapy in the whole fight of like equal bodies and body positivity and giving up dieting. Now when you have Ozempic that kind of overrides all that, it's a really good interview all up on the Sarah Fraser show. Uh, stick around. The Boston hernia docs are here. If you have a hernia or know somebody that does, this is such a great addition to the podcast today. Listen, I'll see you guys tomorrow. People want to know how I feel about Barry Plath. Oh my God. Have you heard the news? Y'all, he is so hot. Like he's gone through a huge transformation. I'll tell you all about it tomorrow. All right. Bye everybody. All right. New podcast episode with the top doctors, Dr. Reinhorn and Dr. Fullington from Boston Hernia. Right now, make your appointment at bostonhernia.com slash TSFS. 25% of all men will have a hernia in their lifetime. 10% of all women. Schman had one. It was awful. I wish I had known about these guys before he had his surgery. Look, they're going to give you three things you need to know about hernia surgery before you have it. Okay. This is a very serious podcast. If you're hubby, your boyfriend has a hernia. Listen to this before you schedule any surgery. BostonHernia.com slash TSFS. They accept clients and patients from across the country because you can do a telehealth meeting or if you're in the Boston area, you can make your appointment and they accept almost all insurance. Here is Dr. Reinhorn and Dr. Fullington. Thanks for having us. So look, um, we're all learning about hernias. You guys have let us know 25% of all men will have a hernia sometime in their lifetime and 10% of women, which is very high. 50, did you say 50 million? What was it? 50 million people or, in a, or okay, you guys do the numbers. What are the numbers? Yeah, I mean, you know, because 25% of men and there's, you know, almost 150 to 200,000 men in the U.S. Okay. That's 50 million men in the U.S. that are going to get an inguinal hernia about 3% of women or 10% of the population that gets an inguinal hernia are women. So much smaller numbers on women, but in our practice, about 10%, one in 10 patients that has an inguinal hernia is a woman. So. Oh my God. Thanks God. Somebody knows the numbers on this show. Okay. <laughs> a lot. It just means a lot is the, the conclusion to that. A lot. We do about a hundred hernias in women and inguinal hernias in women a year. Unbelievable. Well, today we're talking about the three biggest things you need to know before having hernia surgery. And obviously, we are here with the experts. Uh, the doctors, of course, combined have almost over two decades worth of experience. BostonHernia.com. You can also go to really a fax page, BostonHernia.com slash TSFS. Everything you need to know, whether you're a man, woman, this is for your partner, is right there. And I'm talking questions you need to ask about a hernia. Do you even actually have a hernia? Um, you know, you need to know about mesh, non-mesh. All of that is right there at bostonhernia.com slash TSFS. And obviously, we want people to know they can make an appointment at bostonhernia.com. So let's start. We got three things that everybody should know before getting hernia, hernia surgery. What is number one? I think number one is, do you actually have a hernia, right? Like actually getting the diagnosis right, because we see so many patients who come in with pain in the groin who do not have a hernia, but who have been told by somebody else that they do. And unfortunately, we see a lot of patients who have had surgery for what sounds like 
was a groin injury and not a hernia. Um, so it's super important to get the diagnosis right. The best way to make a diagnosis for an inguinal hernia is a physical exam by somebody who does it all the time. So high volume hernia specialist is the best. A lot of people come in with imaging, meaning like ultrasounds, MRIs, CAT scans. All of those tests are pretty unreliable when it comes to diagnosing this problem. So you don't need a big expensive workup. In fact, the findings can actually be wrong a lot of the time. So what you need is to be in the right hands in the right place. Um, so I would say number one thing is make sure you know what the problem is. And the best way to do that is to be with somebody who specializes in this area. Got it. Um, okay. Talk to us about number two. What's the second biggest thing that people need to know? I'm going to jump to number two. So I think <laughs> the number one was, was getting the accurate diagnosis. Number two is, is find someone that has passion and expertise in this region. Um, most Americans, because a million of these are, occur across the country, end up seeing a general surgeon or a general practitioner first. Um, if by skipping that and going directly to a hernia specialist, they may avoid x-rays, they may avoid delays and misdiagnoses, and then get the correct treatment. So there are surgeons all over the country who have passion and expertise in hernia surgeries. Most of them belong to the America's Hernia Society. Quite a few of those, about 500 of us, belong to a national hernia registry. It's called the ACHQC, uh, achqc.org for your members listening. It is a group of surgeons who are committed to quality improvement with hernia surgery. And so we voluntarily put patient information in about the type of surgery we do, whether we use mesh or not, if we use mesh, what kind of mesh, what kind of sutures we use. And then we study patients' outcomes. How did they feel before surgery and did their quality of life get better after surgery? Because hernia is a quality of life issue. We ask our patients when they come see us, how is this affecting your quality of life? Because if it's not affecting their quality of life, there's not a huge benefit to doing surgery. And so in our practice where we specialized over 20 years of practice, we see roughly 2,000 new patients a year, of which we only operate on a little less than 1,000 total. Wow. Because about 25% of patients don't have a hernia. 25% may have a hernia that's completely not symptomatic, not affecting their quality of life. And we give them the advice that they, they can have surgery if they choose to, but there are some risk, even in our experienced hands, um, or they can come back when the hernia is bothering them. The other reason to choose a specialist in hernia is not just a decision-making process, but also the outcome with the surgery. So by having an expert, um, a lot of studies have shown with high volume surgeons who do a lot of one thing have lower complication rates and better outcomes. And so the same thing is true for inguinal hernia. There's a few centers across the country that specialize in inguinal hernia surgery and their patients just do better. They recover faster. They have less hernias return. They have less complications after surgery. It doesn't mean we're perfect. I'm human. I'm not perfect. When I consent patients in the office, I tell them I make mistakes. I have a physician assistant or a second surgeon in every operation to help catch our mistakes. That's part of the system that we've created wow. because surgery is a human endeavor. So to expect us to be perfect is a mistake. 
to, to expect mistakes, to identify the mistakes actually reduces the human error rate, allows us to have better outcomes. And so part of a specialty center is the ability to have really focused care and a unique approach to the problem that doesn't guarantee better outcomes, but as a whole for a population, they're gonna get better outcomes. And by going to the achqc.org, there are centers uh, all over the country that um, are like us. Okay. Uh, that specialize in different types of hernia surgery. We're unique in that our, our expertise is in inguinal hernia, but for other types of hernias, there are like-minded surgeons out there um, that offer uh, great quality work. And two follows up follow-ups to that. Most people go, they, they ha- they're having some sort of pain in the groin area. They go to their general doctor. The doctor says, okay, I'm going to refer you to, as you guys mentioned, a general surgeon, right? A surgeon that's in an operating room is doing a bunch of different types of surgeries, obviously very qualified, but not really a specialist, like you said, when it comes to hernia. So people need to be aware of that, number one. The second thing is mesh. You guys actually answer everyone's questions. Mesh is very, very safe when used not on the nerves, but it almost is like under, I think, you know, you kind of described it as like if you were patching a wall, a drywall, you have to have something to kind of the scaffolding to to hold it. So I think that's very important. If people have any concerns about mesh, they need to talk to you both. You've been doing this, of course, years and years and experts in it. Um, so I, I wanted to just hit those two highlights. What is number three? What's the third biggest um, thing people need to know before having hernia surgery? I think the biggest thing, the the third biggest thing is that um, when you go to a general surgeon, they are most likely going to recommend the repair that they usually do, Mm. right? So they tend to do a laparoscopic repair. They're going to recommend a laparoscopic repair. Most surgeons will have like a backup in case the laparoscopic repair because of your medical history is not possible, but their approach is going to be based on their preference. When you go to particular hernia practices specialists in this area, we spend all of our time focused on this one problem. And what that means is we can become really experienced in several different approaches and the nuances of each of those approaches. So now when you come to us, for example, we're going to look at your past medical history. We're going to look at your past surgical history, your medications, understand what your goals are, where you're at in your life, what's going to be best for you. And now we're going to choose or recommend one or maybe two, but probably emphasis on one particular repair that's going to get you to where you want to be as fast as possible. And so instead of it being like, "Eh, I just kind of, I do laparoscopic, it's going to be, no, laparoscopic is the best for you because of X, Y, and Z. And that's why we're recommending it to you specifically. So that's one of the really nice things about what we offer here is that we can do all of the different approaches and we're going to choose which based on the patient and not on us. So tailoring that care, like absolutely results in better outcomes. And that's why we exist. We want our patients to do well. We want everybody's patients to do well. And so we're, we're kind of trying to evangelize towards this method rather than just kind of whatever the preference is of the particular person doing 50 of them a year. Oh my gosh. And, and I'll yeah. give a shout out. We, we've, 
developed almost an app for that. And and so on the bostonhernia.com forward slash TSFS page, there's a little surgical calculator. So someone can put in their age, their height, their weight, whether they've had previous abdominal surgery, are they on blood thinners, oh, if wow. they have broke. We've tried to simplify it. It's a general calculator. Uh, but if a person puts in their own information on there, it'll spit out one of four or five approaches that we would recommend for them. Um, and then generally we'll give them an option of one or two. Sometimes it'll only give them one option uh, because there's only one best option. Okay. There's no substitute for coming into an expert, but we offer five, we offer four approaches. The fifth one, the, the robotic approach, we really reserve that for patients who have something uniquely complicated, less than 1% of patients we see. And because we believe that whoever does the surgery should do a lot of it, we refer out to one of our colleagues at Mass General Hospital, it's right down the road, and they do a lot of that kind of approach. And so there's gonna be patients who come and knock on our door or call us that we may not be the best fit for, uh, we're going to be the best fit for probably about 80% of patients that have a, a hernia problem. There's certain hernia conditions or, or other diagnoses that we can help them guide them to the right specialist uh, because we're not going to do something where we're not expert in. Yeah, it's so, it's so important. So important. Um, you are taking new patients. BostonHernia.com is the best way to make an appointment. You accept insurance. You can call 617-466-3373. Best way to find out, you know, insurance coverage. You work with people with high deductibles. If you have no insurance, you can pay out of pocket as well. The average patient for you spends between $600 and $1,000 out of pocket, which to me, I, I said this before, sign me up, you know, $850, $1,000 to make sure I wasn't on heavy narcotics and, you know, heavy anesthesia. And then, you know, some of your patients, because your surgery technique is so successful, within a couple days are moving around, which is anyone that's had hernia surgery knows you know, my husband was out for weeks. It can be so devastating if not done correctly. So sign us yeah, up. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say almost all of our patients are moving around even day of or next day. That's and wild. Most of our patients are back at work, not if they have a really strenuous job, but they're back at work within a few days. So really like, again, we recognize this is a quality of life problem. Having a hernia affects your quality of life. And what we're aiming to do is get you back to the life you want to live as soon as possible. So that's that's always what's driving, you know, what, what we're recommending to our patients. Amazing, amazing, amazing. You're located clearly in Boston. You see people from New England. A lot of my Washington, D.C. listeners will be up there, Delaware, everywhere in between. Um, but even if you are not in the Boston area, you do have patients that actually fly in because your specialty is so great. Um, but you also, some people's insurance offer kind of a second um, coverage where you can do a concierge meeting. I recommend this to every single one of you. If your husband has one, your partner, you yourself, because like you both said, 10% of women will have a hernia. Call you, you know, even if you don't live in near the Boston area because you need the best referral. Um, so where can, and, and is that information, bostonhernia.com slash TSFS, people can kind of see secondary insurance and how to make all kinds It'll, of appointments. Yeah, all those logistics will be on there, yeah. Awesome. Okay, Dr. Reinhorn, Dr. Fullington, great to see you. We'll see you again very soon. 
Thanks for having us, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks. It's a pleasure as always.